Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Right, it is time uh, to settle into the weekend with our Friday morning coffee break and delighted to welcome to the studio Brian O'Callaghan from, among other things, Eco Straws, uh, architect Ailish Drake and Valerie Murphy. I keep asking this, Valerie, because Val- I, 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 breast care. I... I always see uh, uh, your, your email as post-off clothes. Yeah, oh, I, I see... It was a name I gave the business many, many years ago and I have... It's a name I gave the business many years ago and I just haven't changed it. Right. Okay. I need to start that out. Yeah, yeah, fine. Well, then, it's Valerie's breast care. <laughs> I kind of knew that. I looked at it and went, I must have that not, not quite right. Anyway, you're all very welcome uh, to the show. Um, just saw there, actually, on Sky News, reporting what RTE were saying. Here we go. This is so confusing. This whole Brexit thing has now got. Uh, that uh, a Labour MP across the water told RTE this morning uh, that they thought that at least nine, maybe more, of the Labour MPs would vote for Boris Johnson's deal tomorrow in the vote in the House of Commons. There's just half a chance he might squeak this through and hopefully get us beyond all that's been going on around Brexit, Anish. Yeah, hi Joe. Um, hi. I think, yeah, I mean, I think first of all, it would be great to get a vote through because we're, I think we're all a bit tired of um, Brexit 24 yeah. 7 in my house. It's, it's there on there every evening. But um, yeah, and I mean, like, it's, it's, it's really important, I suppose, that they, they get it through. I mean, I suppose nobody thought really Boris Johnson could come up with a deal that people could actually get behind. Um, so it probably would be surprising to see it um, go through. But I think it would be good for Ireland now at this stage um, to, see, to see a deal. Um, I think we'll see. I mean, England, they, they have great high hopes for leaving the, the customs union and, and all the deals they're going to make with uh, America and Japan and so on. Whether it's going to work out for them, um, that remains to be seen. But I think at this stage, um, it would be good it would be good to see that, that deal go through and, and people moving on to the, the detail of it. Yeah, Valerie? Um, yeah, it would be great. I mean, it's been, what, June 2016 when it all kicked off? Yeah. And it's been... Like, I've switched off, to be honest. I mean, I'm, I'm just a regular person on the street and I can't understand really what's going on. But um, I think it'd be great if it went through tomorrow. Yeah. Absolutely. And do you think our government has done okay in I how they've approached so. it? Yeah, um, from what I can gather, um, it, it seems to be that Leo's done okay, in my opinion. I'm, I'm really not up to date on it. I wouldn't be the best person to talk about this. But um, I'd just like to see an end to it. But isn't it an awful pity it happened in the first place? I mean, it was less than 52% that voted. And I still remember, like, when David Cameron announced it and that he resigned and all that, what, two and a half years ago. And, you know, I really feel like it should never have happened in the first place. Mm. Am I right? Or what do, you, what do you think? Well, the thing is that when people went to bed that night, uh, around, if anyone went to bed around midnight, they were still at that stage predicting in the exit polls that it would be a stay-in, that they would vote to remain. But that's not the way it turned out the next morning. They had actually voted to go by a narrow margin, but at the same time, that's how referenda work, isn't it? Right? Yeah, and I think, Joe, there's two points I'd like to make on this. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant now if I can. Uh, first of all, this is this is a, a UK problem which we have been, I suppose, has been imposed upon us. Um, and, and I think the Irish government, and they have done well, as what you said, uh, the Taoiseach has done very well in, in standing his ground against the, the UK uh, parliament. But I think he has been deflected or distracted, I guess, from a couple of local issues, um, not so much local, but national issues. 
Um, and I suppose I'm coming at it from a, a parochial point of view. I think, you know, you can ask the question, do the 80 or 90 people lying on trolleys out in the hospital, do they care about, about Brexit? Does that five-year-old child that was eating, eating his dinner off a, a piece of cardboard yesterday in the paper... Do they care about Brexit or, or his family or any of the, the charities associated with it? Do the people that see no way out apart from taking their own life, and this is a huge problem here in Limerick, they don't care about Brexit. So I think now, although the Taoiseach has done very well, I think now it's time to, to refocus and uh, you know concentrate on, on uh, I guess, what he's paid to do. And as a business person yourself, do you think that the overhang of Brexit, because the national budget that was published only in the last couple of weeks does suggest this, that we're literally on a knife edge here between an economy that could boom if the deal goes through to one that could go massively backwards if there's a no deal. I, I don't know, Joe. I was watching a programme last night and, and uh, I, I think it was mentioned there was €1 billion Euros worth of trade is done between Ireland and the UK. I, I can't remember, is it every day or every week? I think these figures are massively, massively um, overstated. The example they used was if you bring a, a crate of champagne in from France, goes through the UK and then into Ireland, that's seen as a UK import. And if that crate of champagne goes up to Belfast, that's a UK export. Mm. So, you know, I, I think these figures, we there's a bit of a panic about this Brexit thing. And I actually think, and I'm not sure what Valerie thinks about this, I think this can actually be uh, be good for Ireland. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier, nobody cares about Mary who has to pay an extra 20 quid to send back her 500 quid quote to, to the UK. You know, let's shop local again. Mm-hmm. Let's support Irish online companies such as Ecosource.e and, and Valerie's business. Um, let's, you know, there's, there's been huge talk lately about the redevelopment of Limerick City. Let's, you know, support the city, have the council you know, see this as an opportunity. Maybe reduce rates. I know that's not going to happen. Maybe reduce rates in the city. Let's get people back into the the, uh, the, the, the high street stores again and support Irish. Excellent point. Um, well, I think, well, yeah, that's a great point that we should be supporting local. Um, that's why it's so important actually for the deal to go through because if, if there is a no deal and if there's a crash out, it actually is going to be um, devastating for Ireland. And, I'm, and I think, you know, we're looking at it from an economic point of view, but we have to look at it from the conflicts um, that will arise in the north. So if we get, um, you know, if there's a hard border in the north, that's going to have, you know, a really terrible effect on Northern Ireland, but on on the south as well, so um, so while while it said people you know the ordinary person mightn't really be that interested or care about Brexit, it actually is really important. And I think the work of the Irish government in consolidating a really strong relationship with the EU has been huge, and I, I think that's been huge for Ireland, and it will be um, a great asset to us uh, going forward when we are, when we're looking for support from the EU um, after Brexit. And, and Brian's interesting point about local issues. Um, you know, shouldn't politicians be considering that as well in terms of calling a snap election? There seems to be this view around the doll, particularly in Fine Gael, that if this goes through this weekend, perfect time to call an election. We'll are riding in on a high and sure that'll mean that we'll get a lot of votes. But general elections normally work on individual constituency issues where people have to fight tooth and nail to be elected. Will Brexit and the credit for Brexit do much for anybody when the election gets going? 
Um, I think, yeah, I mean, of course, that, that's politics, Joe. And obviously, if they achieve, you know, a positive outcome for Brexit, they are going to try and ride um, on that achievement. But uh, I think, yeah, the, the issues are actually going to come to the forefront very quickly once an election campaign um, happens. Because, as Brian said, there's been a huge amount of issues at home, like uh, homelessness and housing, that just, uh, and actually the green issues that, that Fine Gael actually haven't been very good on. Um, uh, they have their, their, their the climate um, mandate. Um, has been lacklustre in the in the in the last budget, so I think that will all come out uh, when we when we run up to a next campaign. Because once Brexit is sorted, uh, people won't be talking about Brexit anymore, and they'll be talking about the issues at home. And Fine Gael will have to actually, and I think a lot of those things probably were sidelined in the last three years because of Brexit. Um, but people are actually going to be asking those questions and uh, you know and looking for answers. Do you think the door is closed for now on the O'Connell Street revitalisation plan that councillors have voted for it or, or are you getting a sense that there may be more to this story? I think there will be more to it. Um, I suppose um, I'm cautiously hopeful. Um, I think that uh, the campaign that we ran um, really did open a lot of eyes to what, what was happening and that we do need more space for, for people in the city. Um, I, I suppose I think we, we did get a good opportunity to kind of really engage on a one-to-one level with a lot of the councillors so that they are actually getting on top of what the issues were. And I had a lot of good conversations with people after the vote and they, they were like, well, you know, our, our hands were tied and we wanted it to go, to go through but uh, as the as the executive keeps saying this isn't set in stone uh, we do still have the opportunity to pedestrianise on a temporary basis so what I'd like to see is that people really coming out and um, engaging now with the consultation on with the National um, the Transport Authority um, because they're going to be putting this plan in, through and it's indicated that they're looking for a bus corridor on O'Connell Street on the, on the two lanes which in my personal view is I, I don't think that the bus corridor should go there. I think we need bus corridors. We really do need great public transport in the city. But I think O'Connell Street is our one great street and we should be you know, building on that asset as a destination for the city. So um, I suppose all is not lost. Um, I think people really need to kind of engage with the, with the next step in the process. And I, I think councillors are probably more on board than they were before the O'Connell Street vote. Okay. We're yeah. chatting to Ailish Drake, to Brian O'Callaghan and to Valerie Murphy and we're in the middle of our Friday morning coffee break. We'll be back in just a sec. We're in the middle of our Friday morning Morning coffee break with Valerie Murphy, Eilish Drake and Brian O'Callaghan. Don't forget Live 95's Christmas Crack and Crack Off. How do you fancy bringing you and three friends to the Christmas markets in Crack Off, Poland in December with a thousand euro in spending money? Listen out for the artist that you heard on Live 95 this morning after the 8.30 headlines and you'll also see all the songs we play on the Live 95 app. So download it now for a chance to win Live 95's Christmas Crack in Crack Off with the Unicorn Dorado Oil, voted best in quality of food and customer service 2019. Check out the unicorn.ie, and that's where we'll be holding the finale um, in November as well. Uh, now, we had a very interesting series of contributions from uh, Limerick City and County Councillors this week on the issue of guarded discretion. What does discretion mean? what's the line between discretion and favouritism um, and it started at the beginning of the week with Councillor Kevin Sheehan who had spoken at the Joint Policing Committee of the Council of the Guardian and uh, others last week on it as well. And it's worth pointing out that you were uh, once a Garda yourself. And I spent eight years in that job. I saw the job from inside and from the outside. But where is the line between discretion and favouritism? That's a good question, Joe. 
There isn't any line drawn any place. It comes down to the, the intelligence of the Garda member. Everybody thinks I'm talking about speeding and drunken driving. I'm not. So what he said was subsequently taken up by two other councillors this week um, in contributions on other things. And the three of them were making the point that in their view, there is a view among their constituents that there's an awful lot going into particular forms of policing, particularly checkpoints in the morning relating to maybe speeding or drink driving or being over the limit or, or whatever, and not enough into tracking down the criminals who are responsible for what one councillor called the cocaine epidemic in Limerick at the moment, Brian. Well, Joe, I suppose I'm probably the wrong person to talk to. I think I've uh, I've eight points in my license at the minute, so I won't be breaking any speed limits anytime soon. Which just um, shows the point system works. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> On National Slowdown Day too. Um, yeah, it's a fair point. Look, at I was involved in the pub out in the hospital, Joe, as you know. Um, and I think... Uh, a small bit of common courtesy from the public towards the Gardaí is needed. Um, for example, if we had any party out in the bar, I'd always inform the local Garda and say, look, at just just keep them updated. And I think that's what's needed. Now, it's a fair point you raise with regard to what's the difference or where's the line between favouritism and... Um, and, uh, discretion. And, and discretion, yeah. Um, the Gardaí need our help. It's as simple as that. Um, we saw a tragic or a terrible incident here in Limerick this week with regard to uh, to a stabbing incident. And people are calling for more Garda resources. And they are probably needed out there. But what are we going to do? Are we, are we going to put a Garda at every front door to make sure that the child doesn't leave the house with a, with, with a knife or whatever other implement he's going to use? I mean, the Garda can only do so much. And they do need our help, and that has to work both ways. Simple as that. Um, now, I guess what we need to be careful of is, um, you know, the reporting of crime and the reporting of individuals. Unfortunately, there are people with agendas, and that can be abused very, very easily. Um, so we just need to be careful with regard to, and, and I'm going to use the word informing, which is a very, very strong word, and I know it's, I might get a bit of pushback on this, but the Cardi do need our help. Um and I would have no problem in, uh, I'm not going to say no problem in providing them with that help, but if we can support them in any way, then, then I would agree with it, yeah. Yeah, um, I suppose discretion of the of the Gardaí, I think, well, I know um, Kevin Sheehan did say that he wasn't talking about drink driving and, and uh, speeding, so I don't know exactly what he was talking about then because... Uh, well, I think one of the examples was you that was used, one of the examples yeah. that was used was a scenario where, for example, a mother is rushing in the morning bringing the kids to school and ends up doing, let's say, 62 and a 50. Yes, yeah, yeah. Should discretion be used in that case if the guard stops with a warning and a caution and say, if, you're, if, you, if you do this again, I will do you? Or is it just blanket that, sorry, there is absolutely no discretion involved in any situation, any infringement of the law needs to have it done totally and completely by the book? I suppose <laughs> once you kind of start giving the guard a discretion, right, um, it puts them in a very awkward position because in that sort of incident, in, you know, incident there would be, um, yeah, they would be expected maybe to say, give them a warning and so on. And I suppose most people kind of say, oh, yeah, that's okay. But I suppose the problem then is, say, um, say somebody is cost speeding and then the next time they actually hit a child crossing the road, then, you know, where, where does that leave the guard? So I suppose the rules are there so that we follow the rules and look 
everybody probably does break the rule at some point and we don't get caught. We all go over the speed limit, maybe going through the 50 zone. But in reality, we shouldn't actually be doing that. And maybe we need to be kind of uh, reaffirming that uh, idea that actually, do you know what the law is for everybody? And we should actually be abiding by the speed limits because they're not there. Um, they're, they're there for a reason. Um, and generally they're there, we we'll say, in built up areas um, and accidents do happen. So I, I would think that it would be easier just to say, look, speed limit, uh, you know, over the limit with drink driving and all that sort of thing, even if it's only a tiny bit over the limit, no discretion, because it means the guard knows where it stand, where he stands in terms of enforcing the law and people know where, where they stand too, because why should John down the road get off and then Mary not get off? I, yeah, I agree with all of that. I'd be fairly black and white with it. If, you, if you're speeding, you should be caught. But I, I actually did hear the interview with Councillor Kevin Sheehan and with Councillor Emmett O'Brien. And you swear I was in the radio all the time listening, <laughs> listening to it. We love you, Barry. And Councillor Frankie Daly. I heard all three. Um, I, I, I disagree with Kevin Sheehan, even though he's my neighbour. Um, I disagree with what he said. I thought it was a little bit old-fashioned. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours a bit. Um, there's also something else we have, and that's the text community text alerts. Um, are they in the city as well? I know we have them out in the country. Um, oh yeah, so uh, well, can, they, they, they exist they, in yeah. all parts so of the country. I think they're help, more right? a rural phenomenon, but they, yeah. it's not that they can't exist in the city. You know, <clears> and like I just think we should all stick to the rules, really. You know, um, and and it shouldn't be a case of one person gets off as as Eilish said, and another person doesn't. And it 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 it's a bit messy, you know. Mm. It's a bit messy. So, um, no, I, I, I would disagree with Kevin Sheehan and I would say stick to the rules and, you know, if you want to give information to the Gardaí, then give information to the Gardaí, you know? And and with the speeding, you know, it's, it's no, it's too messy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Brian's got the utility <laughs> points here now, so. <laughs> That shut me up. Um, yeah, look, at black and white is one thing. I, I don't know, I, I, I would tentatively disagree Valerie I, I, I think there there has to be a small bit of give and take um, now that said I, I didn't use that to get off my points but um, one thing well if you tried you weren't very successful with eight points exactly. and God knows if I, if I get another three I'm in trouble <laughs> Well, all the guards are going to be watching me now. <laughs> <laughs> the guardian the limit are great. Absolutely brilliant. Um, no, I, I don't know. I, I, t- I take both points, but um, for me, it's a small bit of give and take. Um, now, it's not about... What's it to say? It's not about what you know. It's about who you know. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far either, but... Um, see, and, and that's the downside, isn't mm-hmm. it, yes, in fairness? Because then it, it does reinforce the uh, idea to go back to the favouritism versus discretion. I think some people... And I think, you know, I, I, I can see all arguments here. Genuinely, I can. And, and I think they're all valid. You know, it, it, is it important to give a community guard, for example, sensible discretion, you know, Let's say a young fella, and it's the difference between having a record or not having a record, knows the young fella in question, knows generally a good lad, made a mistake, that person gets one warning. But then again, if you do that for one, you have to do it for everybody. And that's that's mm. the dilemma, as Eilish says. But but I think that's a good thing about Ireland, Joan, a bit uh, Irish society. There's, there's a huge grey area. We, we, we revert back to Brexit for a second, and it's very black and white over there. Here in Ireland, we have black, white, and a huge grey area in the middle, and I think that's <laughs> that's that's what's great in this country. Right, well, 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 into trouble a lot of the time. Well, <laughs> yes. Speaking about black, will the All Blacks beat Ireland, or will Ireland beat the All Blacks tomorrow? Oh, that's uh, that's a tough call. I obviously my heart says Ireland, my head is saying the All Blacks, unfortunately. 
Uh, well, I don't know, Joe, actually. I'm, <laughs> we, we open house this weekend. I'll give it a plug. And we're giving tours tomorrow in Skull Country right during the match. So <laughs> that is obviously going to affect uh, how many people arrive. But I want to let people know we're going to stay open longer so that they can watch the match and hopefully arrive unhappy after a good result. <laughs> good marketing there. I'm lighting a candle, Joe. <laughs> I think we'll all have to light a lot of candles tomorrow. <laughs> you never pretty, know. They're pretty handy at rugby, to be fair, in New Zealand. When all is said and done, that's why they've was it three three World Cups. They've won two in a row. The last time they won the match at the uh, lost the match at the World Cup finals was it two thousand and seven or something. But you never know, Joe. I, I think it's the Irish mentality as well. We tend to play better when we're the underdog. So <laughs> we're definitely the underdog tomorrow. <laughs> we've we've organised that through, through the groups thanks to our friends in Japan. Very true. Very we're one hundred percent the underdogs tomorrow. All right. Listen. The best of luck to Ireland. Obviously, a lot of Limerick families have direct connections to the Ireland team and through the larger Munster rugby team um, as well. Not to mention the fact that obviously we're all proud Irish people and we keep the fingers crossed that A, they perform to their ability and B, if you get a bit of luck along the way as well, you just never, you know. never know. You never know. You never know. There'll certainly be a, a, a decent party after it anyway. All right, listen, thank you very much for joining us this morning. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Brian O'Callaghan, Ailish Drake and Valerie Murphy. Call Limerick Today now on 461995.